Welcome to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build an ambitious and fulfilling career that stands out. Around here, we believe that ambition isn't a dirty word, and each episode will show you exactly what I mean. I'm your host, Jazz Broughton, certified career coach on a mission to empower you to embrace ambition, create your own rules, and create a career and life you never thought possible. I do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your ambitious career deserves. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to a very special and overdue conversation with myself and Rachel Walker. Hello. That was like launching a rocket, waiting for it to come live. It's like five. It really four. was. And then <laughs> the interesting thing that actually started happening is LinkedIn decided to start playing me back to me, which just freaked me out. But we're here. Ooh. We are here. So this is going to be a very special conversation. Um, it is actually the combination of a number of voice notes that Rachel and I have been sending each other over the past, I'd say over the past year, but especially over the past couple of months I'm going to say like six beginning of the year six weeks we're recording in February at this time uh where we kind of came to the point where it's just that's the rules man like that's where it is at for us so we're going to be sharing this both on the Limitless Career podcast and the Is It Normal podcast because we think it fits for both (laughs) there are going to be some Is It Normal moments in this conversation um as well as some career tidbits here we're coming to you live talking as entrepreneurs talking as freelancers talking as multi-passionate people and also talking about coaching you know, talking about coaches and as coaches. So we want to put it in the context that that is the type of business that we both run. So when we're discussing the industry, so to speak, or the written or unwritten rules, we're talking about the rules that kind of apply to that sort of space or the online business world, as folks like to call it. Um, but I just want to start off with a little bit of an intro to me and then Rachel can do an intro to her and then we'll dive straight in. Um, So I'm a career coach. I've been doing this for four years. Um, I am certified as a life coach. So I work with folks kind of applying life coaching to career goals. I do that through workshops, one-to-ones, Listberry podcast, and a number of other things because I'm multi-passionate. What about you, Rachel? Um, Hello. Yes. So I am also a coach. I'm a whole person coach and um, I work with kind of play-based approaches to understanding who you are and what you want and bringing that into the world. So I have previously worked quite a lot in the relationship space, um, but I have been, I'm going to describe it as coming into a homecoming over the last few months, which will be part of our conversation today, that now is working more, just more generally with people about bringing yourself and being courageous in all of what you do. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love mm. it. love it. So one of the things that I recognized for myself in my entrepreneurial journey is that it had gotten too noisy. So when I looked back on 2021, it hit the kind of middle of the year and I was working with folks in a number of ways. I had a membership at the time. Um, I had teams supporting me in marketing efforts, operations, because as some of you may already know, I run my coaching business around my full time role. 
Um, and I found myself getting into the space where I was overwhelmed with all of the things that I was told I should do, right? I should be, the platforms I should be on. And one of the things that was really kind of coming through for me is how noisy that had become. I was on a number of um, group coaching programs. I was working with a coach as well as doing like my own personal development, you know, self-coaching, journaling, all of that good fun stuff. I inhale podcasts like nobody's business. Um, And it was just noisy, noisy. There was just so much chatter. And it probably took me until the end of the year to sit down and cut through that noise to figure out what it was I wanted. And when I realized that, I realized that these were the things I wanted all along. But I wouldn't have known that because I was so plugged into all of the noise. Now, this is going to sound really abstract, but one of the things that I believe about coaching is that what it does is it unravels a lot of the ways that we are socialized into, I have a problem, I should seek outside support with that problem. I should ask my mum, I should ask my teacher, my lecturer, my professor, my boss. I should ask everyone but myself. And what I find is the inherent power of coaching is that it trains you to think of you first. It trains you to ask yourself the actual question of what do I want? What do I need? What do I think? Right. And this is in a very healthy way that repossession repositions you as the controlling power and interest in your life right and it doesn't mean that we don't listen to anyone else it doesn't mean that we don't seek advice from experts because again like I said I was in a number of group programs and working with coaches so I was seeking wise counsel so to speak but I wasn't filing it in the right place right it's like you know you have to make sure that you're the top sheet of the folder and everyone else's pages kind of just sit in right and you rip out the pages that don't work but you don't get told that because everybody who's offering a new page to your manual for life is telling you that this is the one way and this is something that i come up against but i came up against personally in terms of me feeling a little bit stuck in the treacle but this is also something i see mirrored in my clients where they've collected this this portfolio um, of of a way of being in their career that is comprised of 80% other people and 20% them. And then they wonder why they are no no further along to their goals. They feel detached from their careers. They feel incapable of doing the work that they set out to do because there's that disconnect there in that they haven't shown up. They haven't shown up to the party. And I found myself doing that in a lot of areas. One of the areas being marketing. I don't enjoy Instagram. (gasps) Shock horror. But I've met amazing people there. (laughs) Right? And I said that probably this time last year. And then still just, you know, because everyone said, well, if it works for you, if you find people there, you should be on there. No, it drains my energy. So you'll find I have an Instagram profile. But as it stands... I'm living over here. I'm on my newsletter. I'm in my podcast. I'm on LinkedIn. And it feels amazing. But I spent way too long in this, way too long in this journey doing what I was told I should. Or I, I, you know, I should be almost, I should also be grateful for, right? I should be grateful for the fact that Instagram works, but it drains all my energy, right? So it's that. And I remember sending Rachel a voice note and I said you know what you don't get told is that it takes bravery to unravel all the ways that you've betrayed yourself by following the pack right and I'm using Instagram as an example for me I could use other examples right I had a membership and I closed it 
there's still a huge swathe of business coaches that will tell you that you can't grow your business unless you have a one-to-many model where even more, even worse, shock horror, where you have scaled yourself completely out of your business where you don't do any of the delivery. Are you kidding me? I did not qualify to be a coach, to not coach anybody. If I wanted to be a project manager of a community, then I would do that. Like it's not, you know, and again, when we think about these things and we think I'm betraying myself to follow this pack, follow this, uh, you know, the, the six figure tribes and all of that. And I'm like, don't give a shit. I want to work <laughs> with people. I want to work with humans. I love working with humans. I want to do it in a way that doesn't drain me. And this is the thing. When I look back on all of the decisions that I delayed on taking, there were so many more people that I could have impacted in different ways. And it got me to the space of asking myself, A, put myself back into the driver's seat. What do I want? What do I believe would be most effective for my clients? What have they told me, despite what this industry will tell me that I should be doing with my business and where I should be and where I should be showing up and how I should be talking to people and I should have a niche and I should have the pillars and I should have the boilerplate and I should have, and there is a space for all of this. But what I find, and I guess to a certain extent what I question is, did I start a business to then just seek the same structure that I essentially can be free from as a business owner right we have you have your traditional career path where there are manuals there's examining bodies there's assessment bodies they were all of those right the rules are there did I look at the blank piece of paper and freak out and say no I need structure even if that structure is not mine did I betray myself right at the beginning there and am I trying to recreate all of that stuff and in that same breath forsaking the creativity forsaking the genuine customer delight right I do stuff in my business for my clients that don't make no sense and I'm okay with it I sleep very happy I'm a happy chappy right um but what are we doing what are we doing did you become an entrepreneur to follow the rules of someone else and become a clone of someone else and walk in the shadow of someone else, right? And this is not me talking about learning from others' experiences and mistakes. This is me talking about, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do this by myself. Let me get the plug and play template for entrepreneurial success. Because what I can tell you, both from my own experience, but also my experience growing up in a house with multi-passionate parents, surrounded by entrepreneurs, there is no blueprint, but the one that you make yourself. And you can seek inspiration elsewhere. You can take bits and pieces from what worked and what didn't for other people and and for you and mesh it together and make your own thing. But that is the only way that it's going to work. That's the only way you're going to be able to sleep well at night. That's the only way that you can get yourself to a space where you can have a failure, right? It didn't make money. Or in fact, you lost money. Uh, it probably had a couple bad reviews, right? These, these are the, these are the typical failures that I'm talking about. You, you failed to launch it. You spent money, but you didn't launch the course or the program or the, you know, you didn't get anyone sign up, whatever those failures may look like for you. But getting yourself to a space where you wholeheartedly own how you operate in your business so that you can have a failure and still be content. And you aren't writing in someone's forum telling them how their three-step formula didn't work, or you aren't requesting a refund because the, the the templates didn't work for you or it didn't pick up people. You aren't 
fighting with Mark Zuckerberg, who doesn't care who you are because he decided to change his algorithm. Is that where your energy is focused? Like today as an entrepreneur, do you have a sense of contentment because you have taken on that ownership, that responsibility, and therefore the underlying peace. And this is not me saying that everything will be great, right? But the peace of mind that comes with being able to say it was my decision. And that's the main thing. Mm -hmm. Mm. So many nuggets here. All the nugs. Um, (laughs) But you know what? My first, when you said then, like, having peace and knowing, like, that is my decision, that is the ultimate amazing thing about being entrepreneurial. It's also the most terrifying thing Mm. because it is your decision. And with that comes having to get over a truckload of fear and self-doubt and worry and all of those things. But what I will say to what you've just said there is, if you're if you're operating in a space where it's something you're truly passionate about and excited about and you're doing it because you want to do it the the failure and the worry and the fear is not it's not as important because you're content in what you're doing and i think when you create all of these rules for yourself and then it doesn't work out it's just like <laughs> shit on shit is it <laughs> it's the only thing i can think of but um yeah it, it it makes it harder. And, um, maybe I reacted to this in a really coachy way, but when Jazz sent me the voice note saying it takes bravery to unravel all the ways you've betrayed yourself by following the pack. I was like, let me reflect that back to you. I need, let me just, (laughs) can we just take this quote? Because I think that there's with each step of the journey of it, there's like more courage that you need or more connection with yourself that you need. But, um, I think it's easy to forget that like, there's also an opportunity then as you learn and grow to collect more of these limiting beliefs Mm. and to collect more rules. And I had this conversation with my coach that I only started working with about a couple of months ago where I said, I'm confused because I thought that the longer I did this, the easier that it would get, but it's just getting harder. Mm. And now I realize it's getting harder because I'm continuing to force these rules on myself and work in a way that isn't suiting me because there is fear and uncertainty and a lack of a sense of safety in doing it differently and doing it not in the way that I've got used to. Mm. But I think there becomes a kind of like breaking point in some way where you kind of go, like that was the realization that I had was why, like I didn't become self-employed to become self-employed. I became self-employed because I was excited about my coaching work and what I wanted to bring to the world. So if I'm not doing the self-employment in the way that I want to, why am I doing it? I might as well just get a job. Like it's, it's why am I half arsing it thinking that it needs to be a certain way that doesn't work for me? Mm. My stuff, my rules. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. And like for context, for those of you that are listening and tuned in with us live, we both, like I exist in what you would describe as an intrapreneurial role. And prior to setting out on her own, I would also say that Rachel had a pretty entrepreneurial role as well. And what we mean by that is you're in an organization that trusts you to execute on the goals in a way that you see fit. So we're not in these roles where it's like you do step one, then two, then three every single day. We're trusted to innovate, to improve, to collaborate, right, to brainstorm, to do all of that that stuff right so I'm putting it in the context for those of you who are 
also multi-passionate that there's levels to this thing right if you're listening to us and you're just and you might even be considering starting a business explore a role that gives you a similar independence but in the framework of someone else's business someone's organization someone else's funding or what have you right but again mirroring like bouncing back to what Rachel said it's like even more so why 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 have I recreated this structure and when did I create this structure right it's that moment where it's just like why do I why do I feel very uncomfortable and when I talk to my clients it's about kind of I ask them are you crunching yourself where are you crunching yourself to fit in to pretend to be small right it's that sort of I grew up reading Roald Dahl books so I've got like the BFG in my mind it's like are you trying to hide the BFG underneath your bed it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna work like it's not gonna work and this is it this is what happens where where we haven't set rules for our careers right and everybody that knows me knows when I say career I, I don't care what that looks like for you you could be freelancing you can work with someone else you'll be interning I don't care it's all your career right but when we talk about finding a way, a, a career strategy, I talk about a career way of being that is authentic to you, where you have set the rules. Because when you don't do that and all the rules are set externally, just in the way that if your confidence is set externally, your self-belief is external, all the feedback and review and reflection that you get is just all entirely external, it can create some pro problems, right? And in some ways, a lot of these rules do not fit. So then it underlays a lot of our imposter syndrome, lack of self-belief, um, getting stuck in not getting started. Entrepreneurs, I'm talking to you, you know, the ones that have been launching for a a while or planning a launch for a while or the full starts you hit publish on the thing and you wrote that thing right on back right because somewhere deep down you've actually adopted and consumed and embraced the fact that you aren't something enough not smart enough shiny enough you don't have the professional branding. You don't have the logo. So you're not professional enough, right? All of these things, again, which the industry can impose on you almost the minute that you say that you want to start a business. This is one of the reasons why when people come to me, I, I used to help people start side hustles and they used to go, can you help me do a business plan? I'd go, no, because I don't like them. It's admin. I'd rather you write six bullet points that are leaning towards action and experimentation that won't invite overwhelm. Right. And I use business plan versus like a business canvas model or lean canvas model. Those are my favorite alternatives if you're interested. But ultimately, the difference is when we look at them side by side is that one of them is very extensive and one of them has a right way of doing it. Whereas these canvases are brain dump the stuff onto their in layman's speak. Right. Explain it to a four year old. Chuck it on there. Put your business on one page. This doesn't need to be deep. This doesn't need to be extra. There's a format for it. So there you go. You can plug and play and plug it in. And that's it. What you need to go and get started. Right. So, yes, there's some level of structure, but you're nowhere near going to have a similar amount of overwhelm doing it like that than you would doing a business plan. You would or procrastination. Oh my god! You set three <laughs> months in your calendar to do a business plan. Whereas I say to people, we're going to do your, we're going to do your lean canvas model like right now, twenty minutes max. And it freaks people, it freaks people out. But like I said, it's biased towards action. So where in your career have you absorbed these roles that have got you stuck in the treacle, got you procrastinating, right? Got you forward planning, which is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's it's wonderful. But have you set yourself a goal and given yourself a time bucket of a year when really it should take you a month? 
because of these rules, right? You know that you can write a book in a matter of weeks. But have you read somewhere that books should take two years to write? Hmm? Like, little things. (laughs) And then before you know it, every single part of your to-do list has a others version and a what's true and authentically you version. And they look completely different. They get executed in a different way and they make you feel a different way. And that's a, that's a bit where I like to reside in. How are you feeling? Is your business making you feel like a failure because you've set these standards based on stuff that just doesn't make sense? Mm-hmm. I ex- like, <clears throat> excuse me. I did a really short video on LinkedIn about this last week, but I had that experience where um, I honestly was like, is there something wrong with me? Like what's happened to me this week? I've got no motivation. I don't want to get up and do my work. Um, I have a clear plan. I have a strategy. I've based this strategy on what I think is the right thing for me to do in this particular situation. And um, I could not get myself to do anything. And it reinforced all those limiting beliefs that I've collected about not being consistent enough. That is a massive one I see in my clients. And you see a lot in this, like, build your business, be consistent, post mm. these terms of the day. I always do this voice when I'm thinking about these beliefs, because it's like that little inner critic, isn't it? That's like, do it this way. Um, but it was just like stifling. And, re- and then like realizing through coaching that I had strayed so far. Like it actually is laughable to me now mm. when I think, what was I doing? Because I'd created this way of working for myself where it involved me to strip back all of my natural energy and enthusiasm and be much more quiet, like more on the sort of quiet introverted side in how I was showing up in my marketing. And it's like, have you, have you seen me? Have you seen my office? Have you seen the things that, that I do? So I'm, cu- I'm, I'm currently wearing some slippers that are flamingos. Like this is not, what am, what have I, what am I trying to do to myself? And I literally, I, I created a mind map and some goals and in it I wrote, work out this year how to separate my identity from my work because I'm bringing too much of myself into my work. I don't need to have all of me in my work. And now I look at that and I go like, for one, if I'm not bringing my identity into my work as a self-employed person, to my point earlier, what the fuck am I doing? Because like, I I have to be accountable only to myself. Mm. And it's really hard to be accountable to yourself if you're not interested and it's not part of who you are but also I've never been someone that's been able to separate my identity from from my work like I'm not good at I'm not good at like what's the word you know like trying to be it's almost like curating your personality yeah yeah it's like a dash of yellow but only a dash and a little (laughs) bit of the disco lights but only in the right hand corner of the room Do you know what I mean? And I'm using these words specifically because for those of you who are listening audio only, like disco lights and yellow, that's how you play word association with Rachel, okay? That and Lego (laughs) and music, that's it. So the curated version of herself, I don't even know what that looks like. Does that look like a pale blue, um, no disco lights? Just sad. It looks sad. (laughs) But... And, and yeah, and to what we're talking about around like having to follow a set of rules or a, or a blueprint, I just kind of got myself into that kind of, I don't know, routine of that. And now 
in, in terms of the F, F the rules, mm. um, I feel like so fired up to do the opposite because you just, once you kind of like peek out of the, of the new box that you've created for yourself, you're like, hold the phone. What the, what the, like there's a whole new little fire that kind of burns within mm. is how I'm feeling right now. Um, Oh my gosh, it's exactly that. I'll use another example. Since we are streaming live to LinkedIn, right? I I love writing, right? Even before I had a business, I had a blog. And I love just sharing reflections and using the written word to inspire people, empower people, and now essentially encourage people to self-coach. So I launched a newsletter and I was just like, oh, so you fill in the form to do it. And it says, how frequently will you be writing to your people? And I filled in fortnightly because I was just like, weekly feels too often and monthly feels too much, right? And this is an example. This is like the Goldilocks conundrum. <laughs> like, oh, it's too hard. It's too soft. It's too in the middle, right? And again, for me, like my my actual word for the year is consistency. But bear in mind, I said, cons- I said consistency, Rachel, right? I said consistency, right? Right? I said consistency. I didn't say monthly. I didn't say weekly. I didn't say every Tuesday. I just said I will continue to put one foot in front of the other. And what I found is even though I put it as fortnightly, the first week I released two blog posts. Why? Because I wrote when I felt like writing. <gasps> you broken the rules. What? I didn't delay it's not it. allowed. I didn't schedule it out. I said, no, somebody needs to hear this. And if one person reads this and it sparks something for them, my job is done. If I'm writing to you too often, you will adjust your communication with me, just like I do with people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just like I do with people. Can we trust people to get off the bus when they want to get off the bus? Okay? We <laughs> can't we can't you can't run your business like hypothetically or like metaphorically stopping at each station and going any more for any more. Anyone else getting off here before we pull off? You will never get to your destination because meanwhile your people on the bus are like i'm riding this thing to the end but can we hurry up and move on can we get there right it's that sort of element and it's changed the energy completely and even when i think about the clients i love working with and the clients that enjoy working with me they love it when i'm just popping off on one they love it when it's like jazz is writing to me at 5 a.m there's like a couple typos on this but like she's on fire at 5 a.m right that's where I'm connecting I'm connecting in that space and again that's why I described it as it takes bravery because it's a it's a consciousness um and it's also almost a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more we have these experiences of stepping out in the world not falling apart the more we rewire our neurons we rewire our whole selves to know that the safety is not found in these rules the safety is found in finding your own way of being because that's the thing that nobody can take away from you and like i said as long as i'm in my corner doing myself people will decide whether they want to get on or off my bus but what i will know for sure which is actually so funnily like set up it's one of those things where it's like the things that people seek in the rules is the safety they want to know that if i if i if i buy this thing i join this program i read this book i implement this strategy then two plus two will always equals four and that is not going to happen right just like you said you thought it'd get easier stuff goes on Eh, eh, eh. it's a lie it's a myth okay But what you find is when you're authentically being you, two plus two at least exists, like it at least gets to you like a 3.5. Why? 
because you may not have a magical formula that says X percent of people on your list will do blah, 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 blah. But you've got a formula that says if there's 12 people on my mailing list, I am being so myself that if they're there and if they open, they want to be there. Oh, my goodness. If they show up to the workshop and they stay for the whole thing, they wanted to stay for the whole thing. They got something out of it. Whoa. And again, going back to what Rachel and I were saying, why else are we doing this? <laughs> what is this for? You know, what is yeah. this for if not to have the certainty and the things that actually matter and that you are providing value, right? You're providing an impactful service. Again, I want to put it in the context with both coaches. So that's what we do. We have trained in a skill that allows us to create a space that gives that transformation that leads to whatever people want, right? Whatever it is that people want, that's what matters at the end of the day. Because we were both doing it while we were training. That's actually fun fact how Rachel and I met. We were peer coaching each other, right? That was the goal while we were training. That's the goal years on. That's mm. the goal. So when you keep mm -hmm. your eye on the prize and who you need to be to have that thing, and this is a question that I always ask, you know, when it comes to goals, we like to go, well, if I, if I publish three blog posts, in three weeks, then I hit the goal of my content, blah, 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 which means that I'll do da, 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 da. Nice. We like to have the numerical stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a fan of a spreadsheet. I work for an analytics company. Numbers are my jam. However, have you asked yourself, not only who do I need to be to get to be the person that has that or has a business that feels like that or has a life that looks like that, has a relationship that feels like that, right? Who, who do I get to be? But what do I need to do to ensure that when I get to this place that I am envisioning, I am manifesting, I am writing down in my goals, I'm telling my manager, I'm telling my clients, I'm telling my partner, what do I need to do to ensure that when I get there, I'm still me? Woo! <laughs> and the answer is never starting off being someone else, the curated baby blue disco lightless version of Rachel. Like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, you know. And I, I love a documentary, right? And all the documentaries where they think, I'm, I'm going to be a good person, then I'm going to get my first big break, then I'm going to be a kind of shitty person. But then once I earn X amount, you know, when I get my, my Oscar, my Grammy, my da, 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 then I'll return to being like a good person. And I'm using like mm. good and shitty person very flippantly, like insert what you want, whether it's selfish, preoccupied, da, 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 unplugged, da. insert the word, right? We have seen the films over and over again. They turn into somebody who owes people a couple of apologies when they are accepting their grand award that they've worked for. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have mm. to be that way. And I think a huge part of it is, is along that, like it's okay along that path to lose parts of yourself or be like oh gosh like I thought this was a good idea because there's so much noise you're trying to cut through so much you're trying to figure out work out understand it's normal to have like to need to kind of go like this sorry I realize we're, we're on a it's okay, audio we're recording, recording as well so audio flapping and my arms around. She's flapping and doing wavy hands in parallel <laughs> but like it's okay for that to to kind of lose part of yourself but it's having something or someone or a way for you to reroute that mm. along the path um and also learn what it feels like 
to be, I'm going to say to be in alignment. And I've not quite made comfort in myself with that word yet because <laughs> I'm in a bit of a fuck the rules, fuck the coaching business, even though it's, it's what I do and I love it. Um, there's, there's a lot around it that I'm trying to make my own peace with because there's some bullshit. Mm. Um, but if I'm, if, if I'm talking from my own experience, like felt lived experience of it, it is a feeling and a sense of alignment and whether you call it a gut reaction or a, uh, an intuition or, you know, just being in tune with yourself, um, in being able to then like flex that muscle so that, you know, in yourself, Oh, I've strayed away from who I am and what I'm trying to do. Let's reroute it. Mm. Oh, this doesn't feel quite right. Why is that? Oh, I don't want to fucking do it. <laughs> it's not me. It's not important. Um, and sitting in the discomfort when things do feel uncertain and unsafe and we want to create rules for ourselves because that feels good. Mm. But once you've, once you flex that muscle of like knowing what's truly you, you'll know when you're trying to cop out just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. And I think that's the thing where we, Rachel and I, we voice note ourselves We're pretty, pretty regularly. I don't think we ever stopped being each other's coach. <laughs> it's not like the formal peer coaching and then we just went wild on WhatsApp voice notes. <laughs> we're also, the, the funny thing is though, we're also both like think, what's the word? Speak to thinkers. Like yeah. we're, we're massive verbal processors. So sometimes we'll get a 10 minute voice note and then it's like, actually, I don't need you for anything. I just needed to. I just needed to speak for 11 minutes uninterrupted and know that I'm being <laughs> but no but it's literally that and I, I say this to say we're able to within our friendship we have permission to coach each other basically right so we'll do that at the end of a voice it's like just reflecting back what you said I just want to challenge you here with this right and we'll do mm, that mm. um but that it also when we thought about this conversation and thought about the journeys that we've been on to kind of unwire and untether ourselves from the system we realized how important spaces or skills or just interaction with coaching of any kind is in this whole thing right and that's whether you're an entrepreneur trying to disconnect from that system whether you are in a day job whether you're a student whatever that may be right having that time to shift your perspective which again I'm putting it in the bucket with alignment okay there's like a coach there's a whole coachy speak glossary that we're trying to avoid here so I'm going to translate that to like working with somebody who's going to ask you some uncomfortable questions how about that because coaching is okay (laughs) coaching is a conversation but coaching is not the conversation you're not talking to your mum when you're talking to a coach okay you're not talking to your bestie when you're talking to a coach I'm going to ask you the stuff that they are too scared to ask you or they don't have time to ask you or the energy or the thought process to ask you it's curious it is challenging it is work it is ever so slightly emotionally fatiguing okay every once in a while Every once in a while. Again, as coaches, we can never really tell you when that is. We don't have a crystal ball, you know. But what I will say. I have a. Oh, you actually can I just do. say, I have an hour and a half co- coaching session every Thursday. I'm booked into the spa afterwards. I'm just. <laughs> that is now my routine. Because there's so many brain nuggets that I'm just like. I'm like, I just need to go and relax. It's it. Switch it off. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like when your old school laptop will tell you it's too hot and it's just like, yeah, you better just leave me here for a moment, plug me out. That's all you got to do after those coaching sessions. Oh, I remember having a coaching session. We were both in tears by the end of it and then just had to just take a walk 
in silence, you know, because everything has been said. But we're, we're not trying to we're not trying to like scare you here. You, you won't cry in every uh, session. However, you will learn stuff about yourself. And as much as we think that learning stuff about yourself is really fun, sometimes it's just not okay. Like I'm going to use like an example. My friends, I met with them this weekend, and they've got a son who's 14 months. And they explained the moment when he stood up for the very first time. And they were both just minding their own business. Like he was sitting on the floor in the living room. One of them was feeding the fish. The other one was like fluffing the pillows, whatever. And their baby just stood up, like stood up straight, like promptly. It was a very robust moment. And he just froze there. And they wanted to freak out. But they were like, do not freak out. Because if we freak out, he's going to freak out because he's never done this before right and I'm using this as a metaphor for coaching because sometimes that's what it is you've learned that you can do something new you've learned right for for all the people who have struggled with things like low confidence imposter syndrome self-doubt lack of self-belief right um even let me go over into Rachel's field as well right relationships be people-pleasing being in a situation, you know, that's not serving you, right? Not knowing how to find a voice in your family, not, you know, all those relational sides, as well as like self, like valuing yourself, right? When you first have that first moment when you realize my life doesn't have to be this way, I have the power to change. And oh my goody, goody gosh, I just changed it. I took my first decision. I didn't doubt myself. I said no for the first time. It is uncomfortable. <laughs> it is the thing that you wished for, but you want to freak out. So just like my my gorgeous, gorgeous nephew, as a coach, and again, it doesn't have to be a coach. You can self-coach yourself in this moment, right? Mm. But again, we think that learning about yourself is all like fun and games, but it's not, right? Even the story that I shared about being stuck in the tree call, taking ages to make decisions. Oh, I had to come to terms with the fact that, oh my goodness, that's what I did. That's how much time I wasted trying to figure out I could do it another way so it is Mm. literally that so it's so important to have that space so whether you're working with a coach or you're picking up those self-coaching skills you're knowing you're you know you're shifting your perspective in other ways you're having conversations with people who challenge you come on have some of those because the next level you needs that friction needs that discomfort right needs that discomfort yeah and it's a it's a discomfort which is uncomfortable but it's it's a discomfort that comes with um a sense of control and I think that if you think about like stressful periods that you've had in your life quite often we get stressed and we get unhappy and we get frustrated because we are in situations that we don't have any control over right you're in a job and that you don't like certain things that you have to do or you don't like your manager or you're in a relationship and you're struggling with the way that they're reacting to situations or things like that. Like when there's elements that we're out of our control and we feel stuck, that is a discomfort. But the discomfort that you get as you move out of that is a completely different kind of discomfort Mm -hmm. because it's, it's you, like you still know that it's worth it. Like it's confronting, but you have control and I'm, I'm trying to resist it, but I want to use the word empowered. It is. It's like, it's an empowered way of moving into discomfort Mm. because you get to choose it. It's nobody else driving the car for you, forcing you in a certain direction. You're choosing that discomfort and deciding that it's worth it. Um, Mm. And fundamentally, that's like the 
one of the greatest places to be in because even though it's scary it's on your terms so if we're talking about f the rules then that's it that is the mother mother load of f the rules Oh my gosh, it's 100% that. And I think getting comfortable with that discomfort that comes with the growth, recognising that learning is not always going to be fun, but recognising that it's, it, it in and of itself is its own reward. And so many questions, so many stones go unturned if you don't challenge yourself or bring this kind of friction into your life. And like I said, for some of us, it's people. For some of us, we've got that friend that brings that friction to the party, right? They're not the they're not the yes friend. They're the friend that goes, oh, talk me through that. <laughs> right? Well, for some of us, it's a relative. Why do you make your coleslaw with mayonnaise and not salad cream? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't lie, sometimes I am that person to my partner. Um, but he loves uh, Can I just say, I have had two with with numerous people <laughs> in my life. And I'm, I'm going to send this to the person that I'm arguing with this most about. Defend my love of salad cream. Uh, salad cream in tuna, salad cream on potatoes, salad cream in... What's the other one? No, that's probably the only two, to be honest. I wouldn't have it on anything Would you else. put it on... But anyway. Mean, oh, wait. No, I was about to say egg salad. But that's Okay, what like I would do... Salad. What I would do... I don't eat really like egg yolk. Just... Ugh. <laughs> I would boil an egg. I haven't done this for years. Boil an egg, scoop out the yolk, fill the middle with salad cream. You're a real I don't, fan. I don't, controversial topic. Apparently, it's because I'm from the north, which is true. But I went so far down this rabbit hole that I researched the origins of salad cream. Clips, you've, you've triggered something here, haven't you? Quite clearly. Um, <laughs> no, I, jo- I, jo- I, I joke. But you know what? There's a deeper point here, which is everybody is different and likes different things, right? But we constantly fight each other on what which one of those makes sense and i'm joking about it and we all do it mm. but but when you're in a space that's like trying to build a business or be entrepreneurial if you're constantly surrounded by people that meet you with those questions mm. that are like but why are you doing it that way oh gosh what about doing it this way <laughs> why are you putting the salad cream on it you know all of that kind of stuff there's there's good challenge don't get me wrong mm. there's challenge that expands our thinking and there's challenge that helps us to see things from different perspectives Mm. but there's also challenge that can reinforce those beliefs about ourselves or reinforce the rules that we're trying not to follow and I think there's something in in being able to choose who are the people that you let in Mm. um as you're trying to like make your own rules for yourself I don't know what you were talking about before this but I got really into the salad cream before I say my point I just want to declare for the record, I'm a mayo person. So if I rock up to your house with coleslaw or potato salad, it's mayo for me. So we are on opposite sides, but we're doing we're doing our I'm thing. I'm going to cancel you. We're <laughs> we're bringing a bowl of salad to the party. Bottom line, do you know what I mean? Not to everybody's tastes, but you know which audience you're speaking to. This huh? is it, there and I know if you go back for a second plate, right? Everyone goes to the barbecue or the party and puts a tentative scoop on the side of the plate. If I see you go back. You're more than tentative. You're 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 digging it. You you are on my mayo wagon, you or you're on Rach's salad cream wagon. But I think that this is such an important. I think this is such an important conversation. An important. Um, this is an important metaphor, should I say, because people's livelihoods depend on you voting salad cream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And this is what I had to realise. There's a podcast that I listen to, right? Going back to what you said about being careful about who you listen to. There's certain people I've unsubscribed from. 
all of their stuff because I'm not interested in your paradigm. There's some people who I know I will never buy their stuff or their framework or whatever, but I love listening to their perspective, how they articulate it, da 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 da. Right? This is just using podcasts as an example. And there's one who has built her whole business on Facebook ads and has recognized that's not where it's at anymore. And she's been open about it. And she's been open about the discomfort in admitting that the multi-million pound business that she has created to help people do a certain thing, that thing may not be where it's at anymore. Ooh. And from a hot center place, right? From the place that she was like, I cannot continue to get on calls with people and tell them that this is just how it's going to be. The glory days are over, right? Because she's mm-hmm. just like, I can't leave tons of businesses in this space, in this limbo of whatever, right? And for me, I love listening to that. I listen to her podcast and I will continue to live, listen to her podcast because I love listening to people who are self-aware in this way and are happy to be vulnerable in this way, right? To the same mm-hmm. end, I work with a coach who doesn't care. She will say that this is how I do it. Everyone that I work with, they stand by what they do and they don't force it down your throat. It is, let me share. If it works for you, it works for you. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that, right? They're coaches at heart. But even I remember speaking with Rachel about um, all of this, again, in the coaching, the online sort of learning space or whatever, when people come out and say, this is the one true way to do this thing, it's only because they've got an X number of results and it's proven positive for like 10 people, 100 people. And I'm honestly, I if I have to see another YouTube ad, you know what I mean? Maybe I should just get YouTube premium, but you're relaxing. <laughs> you're watching you're watching the uh, YouTube video that's just a, a fireplace. <laughs> and then it's like, boom. Have you tried growing your coaching business this way? Wrong. Oh, this way? Man. Wrong. This, I'm like, I, ca- I cannot. I report them because I just... <laughs> you were too aggressive. so invasive. You should know that. I you, were too aggr- you. you were too aggressive. Some of them, I'll watch them if the, if I quite like the way that they've done it. And I think like, yeah, you know, fair play to you. But some of them are so aggressive. And look, I get it. They're trying to market their own businesses and it, and it must work, mm. you know, to to some people like with some people and it is deciding what works for you but I just when when did it when did it become so shouty like <laughs> you should do it this way <laughs> it really but this is what's really so gets, wild gets about this is as a coach I believe that my client knows what's best for them so why am I yeah. marketing to them in a way that is disempowering why am I talking True. about painful wow. stuff, right? And I feel like we're going to, I think maybe it's time for us in this episode to go through a little bit of a list of the stuff that we're chucking out of the basket today, right? And Ooh. one of them is the pain point selling. Now, let me talk to you as a coach. We will work on overcoming whatever it is that you want to overcome, but we're not going to start out our mission on the, I want to get rid of this, right? Because if we do that, I'm going to ask you, what are we replacing that with? What does that feel like? What does that look like? I want to spend time with you talking about that desire, that desire that's going to be that thing where it's like over here, again, audio visual. I've got one hand up on the right hand side of the screen. I've got one hand up on the left hand side of the screen. This is my favorite audio visual thing, but it's like (laughs) pain, desire, right? From a psychological point of view, we are not going to spend, we can't spend our lives talking about your pain. We can, mm. but again, I'm a coach, but not, and I'm, I'm not a therapist. We're going to move forward. 
right? We're going to magnetize that desire, right? That little seed of desire that you have, we're going to grow it. We're going to show you how it's possible, right? I love helping people find their ways of being in their career. So we're going to create a strategy. We're going to find your way of being that gets you closer to here. And you're going to inch further and further away from that pain. So if that's what I love doing, if that's the transformation that happens within my coaching, why am I spending the whole time harping on pain? Who goes mm. shopping for pain or painkillers? <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going to ask this today. I'm going to get some ibuprofen, some Nurofen. I'm going to get some Anadine just for those days where I need to power through. And it's just going to be amazing. Nah. <laughs> no. No. I'm going to get myself some chocolate, yeah. some snacks, some tea bags, some more peanut butter and a glass of Chardonnay. Glass, sorry, bottle of Chardonnay. Nobody goes to ask you <laughs> to get a glass of Chardonnay unless you're on the move. Um, but it's that. So pain point selling out of out of it out of it and again Mm. selling maybe let's talk about that one that could be a whole other episode right I am going to make an invitation you're going to say yes no maybe or nothing (laughs) how about that right who is selling entrepreneurs in the room stay with us if you're with us who is making their offer in a way that the world will fall apart if somebody says no or they give you silence what if you made that silence mean? Are you, do you now need to hand in your notice because you're not a good salesperson? Do you need to start looking for jobs because you're not a good salesperson because somebody didn't get back to you? How much power have you just given that person? Also, how much power have you given that person? Because it sounds like you're belittling them. It sounds like you're treating them like a formula, not a human who has thoughts and feelings and experiences and knows and has judgment and you've given them space to have judgment to decide whether you are the right person to work with, you're the right product, you're the right whatever it may be, right? Have we forgotten that the process of sales and selling, which is necessary for a business to be profitable and to be considered a business, right? We're not going to avoid it, especially those of you in the room that help people for a living. I'm going to say that in air quotes, help people for a living, right? Because you do more than that. That could be a whole nother conversation. But ultimately, again, that's another thing throwing it out of the window false sense of security is telling you that 10% of your mailing list will convert into your offers bullshit so those are my first two things how about you Rachel anything else you're throwing oh oh throwing out um I mean definitely both of those two things what am I throwing out I'm throwing out okay let's get deep I'm throwing out and I've I've been um writing about this a lot recently where's he gone oh he's up there mr groff who's my inner critic we are We've filming can you grab mr groff together the, yeah let me, let me get groff. mr groff because mr groff is physical okay. mr groff is physical so my name is really quite cute okay this is my inner critic i've been doing lots of work with him recently and um something i want to throw out of the window which which is a very very sneaky little thing that mr groff does is when you're on your entrepreneurial self-employment business career, multi-passionate, whatever it may be journey, there will be people in your life who you will think have assumptions about what you are capable of or what you can do. Yeah. For example, they don't think I can do this. They're not supporting me enough in this. Um, they need more security from me than willing to give them all of these beliefs. And that's, you know, could be somebody in your relationship, could be friendships, just assumptions that other people have about us as we are on this journey. 
if you look a little bit closer, what you will realise is they are very, very much just that little inner critic projecting your deepest, darkest fears onto the people around you because it is so much easier to um, feel like we're being held back by other people than acknowledge that we are holding ourselves back. And so what I am throwing out of the window and I encourage other people to throw out of the window um, or at least to interrogate is those voices that are telling you that you can't do it or the people in your, your life who you think are telling you you can't do it. Is that actually mm. what they are saying? Um, because it is amazing when we dig through these layers of inner critic and self-doubt and needing support and all of this, how much that little, that little reptilian, um, you know, primitive part of us that wants to keep us safe, it is amazing the clever ways that you, it will keep us mm. in that zone of stuckness and not let us to go out uh, not let us go out and find the things that we desire and have all of these things. Um, so yeah, throwing that, throwing that. We're not actually. I'm not throwing him out the window. We're building a loving and lasting relationship. That's why he's here like this mm. because um, it works better that way. It's not parts of ourselves we should resist. It's parts we should embrace and and work with. So that's something that I am throwing out of the the equation. Hundred percent. It's the same thing I say with imposter syndrome. Everyone's like, yeah, we want to resolve it. Let's do a workshop on resolving imposter syndrome and compassion. I'm like, let's just build a relationship with that bad boy. Let's yeah. give, you know, he, she, they a name. Mm-hmm. And let's just focus on trying to understand when they like to show up. Okay. Mm-hmm. How they like to show up, the things they say when they show up. So then you can have a little bit of a dialogue and you'll know how to kind of send them packing the quickest. Okay, it's literally that. Somebody, my friend, shared this with me. <laughs> she shared it with me, and she was like, "Anybody who doesn't like people visiting them unannounced, keep a coat near your near your door, so that when people ring the bell or they knock, <laughs> you just put on your coat and pretend that you were going out, and then that's like a guaranteed way that they won't stay at your house and you won't end up with like unwanted visitors." And I was just like, "This is a very intense example." However, this is what I think we should do. <laughs> like, oh, I saw them come. Oh, they parked up in front of the. Oh, that's aunt so and so. Oh, that's my. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. You look out your look out your metaphorical window, see that stuff mm-hmm. coming, and make a decision. Right? Because as much as that seems like a very aggressive thing, that's a tactic. That's a decision that somebody makes. Somebody said, "I'm going to put on my coat and pretend that I'm leaving," or I'm going to endure this, put on the kettle, and three hours of my life is going to disappear listening to them moan about whatevs, right? Mm. And I'm just, I'm just gesticulating on that example there. But that's exactly what came to mind when you were just <laughs> built a relationship. Like, it's like, make a choice, have a toolkit, have your strategies, have your tactics, have your ways of being that, again, preserve your peace in those situations. So I think that that is so, mm-hmm. so, so important. And again, this is what we mean when we say get yourself into that place of challenge, have that self-coaching or have a coach that can help you build that relationship that can ask you, what are you making it mean? That can encourage Mm. you to ask yourself, why am I reacting this way? Yes. Right. Why am I reacting? Am I, am I mad at what they said or am I mad because I believe it's true? Oh, that is. (laughs) Why are you mad? That is a big one. (laughs) <laughs> like, like le- legit, you're a bit heated right now. You're looking a bit tense. <laughs> Do you know why? 
Or is it just yeah. an involuntary reaction in the physiology that you refuse to acknowledge emotionally? Because I'm going to need you to acknowledge mm-hmm. that stuff because it's going to keep on happening and it will show up in different ways, okay? It's, again, conversation for another day. But your body, mm. it's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. So as much as you, you think you're handling your inner critic because you just let it say whatever it, say, whatever it wants to say, you never talk back, right? And then you think it's not affecting your life because you're not speaking it out or you don't tell anybody that, you're, that Mr. Gruff exists. He has his ways. Mr. Gruff, right? Let me tell you about Mr. Gruff, right? Mine's not called oh, Mr. Gruff, but Mr. Mr. Gruff, I need to figure out a name for mine. Oh, we can work on that. We can we'll do a workshop on that, so you have to go along. Oh, yes, let's do it. <laughs> but like, Mr. Gruff will rise up, right? And Mr. Gruff will make you miss that promotion. Mr. Gruff will make you late for a social occasion because you don't want to talk to anybody because you are mm. so deep in your shame spiral, but you don't realize that it's that. Mr. Gruff will have you oversleeping. Mr. Gruff will have you have your body reacting in weird ways. How about that, mm. right? Mr. Gruff will be giving you anxiety. Mr. Gruff is mm. going to talk to you regardless of whether you respond or not. Yep. And the non-response is what will fuel Mr. Gruff. Because he's still chatting. It's true. He's still chatting. He's, he's chatting. on replay in your mind. He's like, Bzzz. like, do something. Bzzz. Please. Yeah. Please, right? Because it's all, it's all connected, right? Once you start feeling congested emotionally it shows up in your physical it shows up in you know this is this is what happens when people are like oh, i usually don't get sick oh mm-hmm. my gosh i've never been ill for this long i don't usually get migraines i don't usually get you know anytime that you find yourself describing an ailment and saying i don't usually this is never my mom mm-hmm. did this. I know other people that this, but I've never really coped with it. I want you to interrogate that feeling and figure out, like, get that diary out. When do you start feeling this way? What's that correlating to? What's the stress levels? What's the emotional side of it? And again, this is going to sound like the most flippant thing on the world, but please ask yourself, are you happy? Mm. Are you happy? Years and years. It feels like many moons ago. My friend and I did the happiness project by a... I'm going to find her name and put it in the show notes. But Ruben is coming in my head for some reason. But I can't remember her name. But the front page, the book is called The Happiness Project. And inside it has a challenge that just really encourages you and shows you how to specifically and practically put happiness at the forefront of your life. And again, sounds flippant, but it's a re- happiness is a really good temperature gauge. Mm. It really is, right? If you say no, if you say yeah, if you say can't complain, if you go, mm, what is that? Mm. Can I have that? Surely, can, can I? Do I deserve that? Is it possible? Mm, is that just like a Disney thing, right? Okay. All the things that come mm. up around that can be a really good sort of sense check in what's going on, right? And it's so important to recognise that you deserve it. it. And I think that's that's a big one for um, as you build your career as well, right? Especially if you're starting your own thing. I don't think we're used to associating work with happiness, Um, I think we are used to feeling like there should be some kind of struggle or sacrifice. And so there's almost a question when you're building something for yourself of like, Mm. wait, hold on. I can, (laughs) I can enjoy this. Oh, I'm (laughs) allowed to enjoy this. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than creating a business that doesn't love you back or creating Mm. what we said earlier, this cage and box for ourselves where we're like, Hey, this isn't what I wanted. 
Oh my goodness. Tell me about it. I remember this is, mm. and I think I've st- told this story before, but you know, I remember do it, delivering a talk, delivering a keynote for Monzo and I came off a call and I messaged my family and I was just like, Oh my gosh, I just got paid for being me. Oh, stop it. It was a game. <laughs> I think I might have even voice noted you as well. I, just, my I mind, think you said that to me. My mind was blown. As well. I was just like, yeah. what? First of all, you know, and again, I'm a glasses half full. I'm, I'm about that creating the phenomenal limitless, what have you career, right? The career of your dreams. But when mm. you start to live in, and again, coachy word coming, embody, embody, right? When you start to embody what you believe, i.e. I've lived it out, I've evidenced it, every fibre in my body knows that it is true for me, so it can be true for you. Oh, it's a whole whole different thing. And this is the thing. This is why it's so important for us to throw this stuff out the window and out of the basket and say, fuck it. Because in a lot of these models and these you shoulds, you know, you shoulds, yeah, let's put it that way. There isn't enough space for you to figure out what is important for you to embody, right? And again, going into the discomfort of learning, I was in a very delightful space of learning that a belief can be true for me, that this can be true for me. And that became the foundation of the next step of not only can I be paid for being me, but that also means that it's safe to be me. That also means that there's other people that don't mind me being me. Me is valuable, what I do is, you know, valuable. I can spend my time being me and I can do that professionally. I don't have to be this curated social media version of myself, right? I can just be me, 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 like all the way a hundred, a thousand percent, right? It starts to, you know, this belief underpins other beliefs and I'm a believer getting real meta there I'm a believer in that what you believe will influence what you then do and what you then also achieve within your life and with your career if you believe that you deserve to have a family you'll do everything in your power to get that if you believe that you'll make a great manager you'll make the moves and the decisions that you need to to get to that space regardless of what it may look like timelines all that good fun stuff but it starts off with that little seed of a belief in the first place. If you believe that you're ready to be in a healthy and loving relationship, you'll be open to that. If you don't believe it, huh, your dream partner could be looking in your face. You will not care. You will yeah. not care. You just be like, well, it's for other people. <laughs> yeah. Why are you talking to me? Oh, okay. it's that you know somebody will slide in your dms with your dream job and you'll be like but that's for other people do you want Mm. should i put you in contact with my friend and the recruiter's like no i messaged you like yeah you just won't see uh, it yeah you won't see it because you just believe it's for other Mm. people right that's what happens when we look at experiences like imposter syndrome other people are more competent other people don't have these doubts right lack of Mm self-belief other people have this unwavering belief in themselves (laughs) that's not true you Mm. other people are confident all the time that is also not true but even me saying that that's not true I believe that and I know that to be true you might even be listening to me not believing that like you're not even believing me right now you're not believing some of you have listened to this whole episode or you've tuned in with us and you don't believe a thing that we're saying And I'm letting you know that that's okay. However, Mm -hmm. I want you to ask, why don't I 
And it's not even belief, right? We're not here to like convert you or anything like that, right? We just wanted to bring you in on conversation. <laughs> Jimmy, you don't have to fuck anything if you don't want to. Like, <laughs> but ask, you know, what, what we want here is this bravery that we spoke about where even if you say three out of four of the things I'm going to take and copy paste into my business, this one thing is me. This one mm-hmm. thing is authentic. This one thing is aligned. This one thing is insert another coachy word. Hmm. That's all we want. We want that so baby critical, steps. Yeah, baby steps, the critical thinking. Don't be afraid to approach the edge, right? Um, and, you know, going back to, I think I've said it already in this conversation, but like your your job as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a founder, as a self-employed person, a freelancer, multi-passionate, blah, all of it, your job is to make decisions. And... We want you to make the best decisions for you because we believe that you are the expert on your own life. We inherently, it's in, it's, it's in like, it's in like the spiritual code of conduct as coaches. Like nobody, co- if you've got a coach who doesn't believe that you are the expert on you, you probably have a mentor mm. or a coach mentor. So this is, this is not me saying that everybody who doesn't believe that you are the expert on you is a villain. No. There is a place and a season and a reason for having the teacher-student dynamic, right? Yeah. For for all of that. But we're saying as coaches, that's what we believe. So we want you to be open to that edge of discomfort where you know that that next decision could change everything. And I'm going to be as bold as to say that unless you in yourself start to believe that you are the expert on you, you will never feel like you are the driving force in the thing that you're trying to do because you will always be following somebody else's Mm. blueprint or advice. And once you can, whether it's working with a coach or self-coaching, like once you can get to a space where you are listening to yourself and trusting to yourself, and that doesn't just magically happen, like it's that little piece. It's like making a decision that feels true to you trying out and then going like oh okay this feels good and keep going once you start doing that you build that muscle um but I think if you never do that and if you never let yourself know what is truly for you then you'll just kind of skate along taking other people's advice but never really feeling that sense of courage in the same way and also when I think about that it makes me sad because I have I have great respect for everybody who creates a framework, who creates a model, right? I use many of them. I mentioned business model canvas, lean canvas. They came from somewhere. And that somewhere is a person who dared to be brave, to break away from the way things were traditionally done or they were being told to do things and to blaze their own trail, to carve their own path and create their own rules. So if we are all we're all following who's leading right if we're all consuming who's creating and again this goes back to what we said about be careful about where you're consuming be careful about that media diet be careful that the people who you're you're sitting at their proverbial feet question question whose feet they're sitting at even there's so many spaces where I can go to someone's website and go I know who your coach is I see how I see your website I know whose blueprint you're following. Not mad at it. Do your thing. However, if we're all doing that, if we're all copy-pasting, copy-pasting, 
right? This is one of the things where I say to people, I go, I have worked with coaches before. I love working with coaches, but I am by no means a coach that coaches coaches to be coaches. <laughs> right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that place. That place will make me dizzy. <laughs> right? I, I, I'm yeah. not in that space, right? Because there's a lot of things about it that are quite problematic, to be honest. But it's also not my niche. So it's not my whole niche. Stick a bit well, on that, that one. I'm slide back like that a one. rule. But that's <laughs> it's not my jam, right? It's not my jam. My jam is ambitious people, regardless of the shape, form, whatever it is, right? Mm. So it is that. That's the bit that becomes bittersweet. Yay for the people getting the blueprints from others that work. But what about the people who? Like, let's get real for a moment. What about the people whose minds don't work in that way? Hmm. Right? Even down to a like a, a practical sense, right? All of these models, sometimes they work with a tool or a platform or whatever. Like Rachel, she won't mind me confessing. She's a lover of motion. I'm a lover of ClickUp. Okay? We'll put our affiliate mm-hmm. links in the show notes because why not? But ultimately, we both will represent these platforms to the absolute hills. Okay, we love them. They work for us. Prior to those platforms, we were trying other things and they didn't fit. Mm. But you know what? That's so I'm so glad you brought that up. I can't remember if I told you this, but like I started recently watching YouTube videos for uh, from business owners that have ADHD and I don't have ADHD. But when I was watching the videos, I was like, oh my God, this is a different perspective on how you can you can run a business. And mm-hmm. I relate to this on a completely different different and more helpful level mm-hmm. than I've related to anything else before. And so I think it, there is that, whether it's neurodiversity or whatever it is, like acknowledging that our brains do work differently mm. and we can't always or, and shouldn't always try and follow a specific blueprint because then you just end up like, hitting your head against this wall of something that's not working out for you and thinking that you're the one with the problem Mm -hmm. and there is always there is always a direction you can take that removes that sense of you being the problem because you're not it's the it's the the cage or the box that you've Mm. built for yourself or or has been built for you oh my gosh 100 percent. and what happens when you Mm. get into that space you again forget that you can create you get so used to mm-hmm. consuming that you forget that you can create. And that's the bit where it gets sticky and you, you find yourself in a very vulnerable position because you're waiting for that person to innovate. What if that person has decided they don't want to innovate anymore? Mm. What if they decided they don't want to refresh the model? They don't want to do more research on it or whatever it may be. Mm. You've, you've, you've lost that muscle. You've lost that muscle of doing like user feedback. That's one of my favorite things. I will survey people to the hills. The amount of times <laughs> I have conversations with people and I'm like, I, I'm sending you a gift voucher because what you shared with me, even though it feels very flippant, is beautiful. It is firing me up right now and that's worth more than anything, right? But I say this to say, again, all of these people that have created the rules or the ways of being have tested it X times and then came to the conclusion that if it went right eight out of 11 times, then it's it's proven. Hmm. 
Where in your business are you proving? And I get it. I want to take a moment for the empathy that we feel as business owners that once you start a business, you are everything. You are marketing, you are sales, you are product development, you are user research, you are the person delivering the service, you are support, you are web designer, you are blogger, content creator, videographer, dealer, ah, the list goes on. Oh my God. You are all of those things. So I totally understand that to create your own rule book simultaneously in all of those areas, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And you've got to feel your way through, right? And make the quote unquote mistakes and experiences. And this is it. This is it. And you take your time to find your way in all of these different pathways, right? So it may mean, yes, you're working with somebody to help you on the website so that you can focus on creating those services or that product. It may mean that you ask somebody to come in and help you with the marketing so that you can focus on sales, right? Or you may seek out um, the rules in certain areas to tide you over until you can figure out how you want to do it. There's a thousand percent a season for that. You know, when I work with people around side hustles, I say, look, you're dreaming, planning, launching, growing. When you're in that dreaming, planning, launching, you're testing everything. Everything is an experiment. And I dare say the first couple of years of your business kind of should be an experiment. And every year you just collect more things. You collect more evidence of what works and what doesn't. You know, one of the lovely, again, models, love a good model, start, stop, continue. Because it's low-key a coaching thing. What do you want to start? What do you want to start? What do you want to continue, right? (laughs) It's a a coaching framework. But ultimately, start, stop, continue. What what were the results of that exercise for 2021? What will the results be for 2022? This is not about start, stop, and then that's it. Continue. You're folding it into what I call your career playbook, your way of being, right? what we've described as your your self-learning. You folded that in to say, this is how I like to do this. I've tried it three different ways, two of them from other people and one of them my way. Meh, prefer my way. Or actually I'm gonna like smush them together and this is my new way of doing it. And slowly but surely, again, like we said, you start to build up the muscle, like the muscle memory of like, I can do it my way into life. <laughs> But you start to rewire and rethink and, and, you know, relearn things. And I think there's something like, Rachel, you mentioned you were reading our our beloved friend in our mind, Brene Brown. Oh, Brene, I have her right here. My heart and soul, Atlas of the Heart. Uh In all good bookstores near you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but she, I think it was a quote from Adam Grant within the book. Mm. But she says, he says something about like, um, intelligence is traditionally viewed as the ability to think and learn but in a turbulent world there's another set of cognitive skills that might even matter more which is the ability to rethink and unlearn Mm. and I think that is a like a really good summary of actually what a lot of coaching is which is learning how to rethink your sense of self or unlearn things about yourself and equally about the world around us and how we should should or shouldn't operate um it's peeling back those layers. Oh my gosh, look at onion. <laughs> but it, it <laughs> is literally that. So again, like this is 
we wanted to bring you in on this conversation to just to just illustrate that like we're about that life when it comes to coaching and we actually don't care if you work with us or not like self-coach please if you don't yeah. do anything else take one of the questions that we've thrown out today and just ask yourself it that's what it is because that that's what transformed our lives that's what made us go I want to create this space for other people and show other people um the mirror you know hold up that mirror to say like is this you how do we feel what do we want to change what do we want to do what do we see right that is what excites us but we wanted to take a moment to really look at what that looks like in the reality of the journey that is entrepreneurship um, and then also you know use our context of the coaching industry the online business world the personal development industry and and that sort of world there you know to this day like I want to throw up every time I see those articles that are just churned out by different publications going like nine side hustles you can start tonight, nine businesses oh, you can do with no experience. And I'm like, why are, why are we selling people lies? Why? And actually, I mean, uh, uh, you'll have to stop me because I'll go on one about this. But like, it isn't even just lies, is it? It's like, it's it's setting people up to start like setting people up on a path without helping them to recognize that it is a difficult path mm. and it doesn't mean that they're not capable and they can't do it but choose something that is true to you and not just something you found on a blog because it looks like a quick easy make some money because it is so much more difficult than that mm. it's a hundred percent that or you find people really... that then they get burnt because what you do is what we were talking about before right that false sense of security that you get by following another person's rules and you literally you lift your hopes and your dreams right and I'm being so candid about this because I see this happen where people say you know we spent quite a bit of our savings on me to do this program that was meant to do x y and z and it and it didn't and you know I I just feel so bad it affected my marriage da, 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 da. like all of this life-changing stuff right because what that does articles like that they set you up with that false sense of security by following someone else's rules. And then when it doesn't work out, again, you then internalize, I'm the failure. I didn't follow it to a T. I didn't do exactly what she did. I'm not her. I need to be more like her or more like him or more like them, right? It creates that insecurity in it when when you look at it or you talk to someone else who's taken the journey, you realize that you had what you needed to be an entrepreneur all along you actually had it without going without running into the arms of an unsafe space right thinking that it's safe because that's what we do we run into the arms of it oh I'm, I'm doing this alone oh no I can't do this alone let me get a business coach straight away I have no business idea but I'm gonna get a business coach because that is the only way I can only walk with crutches I can only you know take the path if it's like marked on the floor and then there's so much about yourself and your business that you then don't ever really discover depending on who you decide to work with as a business coach like I said we gave an overview but you know there's business mentors and business coaches people use the word coach interchangeably so just always Look at the detail, look at the small print on and ask, just ask the question, will you tell, will you be instructional or will you be helping me find my own path in those, those ways? But again, it's that it just sets up a pipeline of people who 
they never get a moment to take a breath and figure out what they want to do. And we're saying this as people who started our journeys as coaches, like with the coach self-coaching, critical thinking sort of thing. We still ran into the arms of practices and courses and stuff like that. You know, but it was about what I said we're trying to do in this conversation is just getting that critical thinking. I have no regrets because I know I know what I know and what I don't know now. I know which parts of it that I actually quite like and I'll take that from it. And I know that regardless of what I'm learning or being empowered around, the decision will always be mine. Yeah. Anything you want Beautiful. people to know before we, we sign off? Um, no, I did have a slight thought then, but it's absolutely slithered away from me. What was it? Come back. I'm staring into the distance because I'm like, come back, friend. It was about the last bit on coaching. No, it's gone. It's gone out of my brain. I'll follow up if it comes back. You know what's annoying though? You know when you have a thought and you're like, don't worry, I'll I'll come back to you. But then all you do is fixate on the fact that you really wanted to, you you want to like get it back into your head. That might have to be part two then. Part two. That's it. Voice make me when it hits you. (laughs) (laughs) For the benefit of the Limitless Career Podcast peeps who are listening and who are new to you, where can they connect with you, find out more about the adventures of Mr. Gruff and that that workshop (laughs) that I'm going to be coming to as well? Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on courageouslyyou.co.uk, courageouslyyoucoaching on Instagram, my podcast, you'll find it if you head to my website, but it's called Is It Normal? It's across all listening, providing platforms. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in coaching, um, check out my website. And I'm going to be running a workshop soon, which is going to be about creating our inner critic so we can build our relationship with them. Oh. So yeah, follow me on Instagram and I will. Uh, you'll, you'll hear more. Awesome. And I'll just do me again for the sake of like the is it normal folks. Um, of course. So yeah, I'm Jazz, career coach for ambitious people. You can connect with me on justjazz.co. That is my handle on Instagram and also Twitter. So yes, I am still there, guys. I'm still there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> and then LinkedIn, Jazz Broughton, which is actually the full name. Um, and you'll find all of my stuff there. But I'm also on LinkedIn as Just Jazz. So you'll find my personal and professional profiles there it's kind of the same person and the podcast is the limitless career podcast amazing Amazing. you can also find me on linkedin under rachel walker i never advertise my linkedin but i'm there (laughs) probably more than anywhere else you are that's where i met mr graf (laughs) yeah yeah rachel walker that's me (laughs) we're gonna have some almighty show notes as ever i'm gonna transcribe this so it'll be up on the website for those who aren't really like podcasty people i get it but i don't get it but i get it and i love you anyway um but thank you all for listening staying tuned reach out to either of us let us know if anything resonated right because we're not we're not unicorns i'm sure other people Mm. might be having similar thoughts doubts questions things like that especially on the topics of questions if you take any of our coaching questions that we've kind of blurted out here today for a test drive let us know how it goes as well yes awesome next time amazing well a pleasure as always to chat on and on and on and nice to do it in one full (laughs) one full sweep rather than a series of 10 minute voice notes (laughs) we did it (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a career that stands out. If anything from today's episode has impacted you, I'd love to hear about it. So reach out on social media or by email. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes to find out how we can work together, get your hands on some juicy resources, and join the mailing list for more fuel for your ambition. Until next time, take care.